This is the European edition of Breaking Banks, the world's number one fintech podcast and radio show. We bring you the European unicorns, startups, founders, regulators and leaders innovating the rapidly evolving fintech scene today. A truly localized podcast with both English and local language content with some of the world's most well-known hosts and influencers in the fintech sector globally. Join us every week as we explore what makes the European Union a phenomenal proving ground for many of the fastest growing fintech plays in the world today. Okay, let's roll. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Breaking Banks podcast, uh, this special series, Breaking Payments. And today we bring you episode 132, powered by Payoneer. My name is Megan Johnson, one of your co-hosts of Breaking Payments. And today we're going to touch upon a very, very, very important, interesting, and exciting topic. And that is um, everything to do with SMBs and what do they need to serve their customers better. And today is going to be a super fun and engaging episode because I am joined by James Allen at Payoneer and Shanae Malbin over at Fiverr. Um, so thank you so much to our guests for joining. And I will hand the mic over to James and Shanae um, to introduce themselves and tell you a bit about what they're up to at their respective companies. So, Shanae, let's let's get it started with you. Who are you? What are you up to at Fiverr? Hi, thank you. I'm happy to be here. Uh, I'm from Fiverr. Fiverr is a global marketplace for digital services. We serve buyers and sellers from all around the world, offering digital services, uh, all kinds of voiceover, music editing, uh, logo design, whatever you can think of with the digital aspect. I've been with Fiverr for six years. I joined six years ago in order to set up all the payments infrastructure for Fiverr. And today we're processing payments in 23 countries, 23 currencies. Uh, we, of course, take pay-ins from buyers and distribute funds uh, to our sellers. And in the past last past year, I'm also the general manager of Fiverr Business. Fiverr Business is the... Uh, the platform that we're now building in order to serve small, medium businesses on the B2B space. Cool. Thanks, Shanae. I mean, I remember, you know, Fiverr has been around for quite some time and I think it's, yeah, really exciting to talk about kind of, you know, one of the the pioneers in this creative marketplace um, because we all know, you know, the creative industry is really taking off and there's lots of exciting things in the fintech and, and payment space that are actually now trying to make the lives of creatives and, and SMEs easier. So excited to chat more. Um, so cool. Thank you. And Jay, James, who are you? What are you up to at Payoneer? Who are Payoneer? Hi, Megan. Hi, everyone. Great to be here. So, yes, I'm James Allen. I manage the uh, European region here at Payoneer, um, which is an interesting kind of portfolio of, of about 45 countries um, from Ukraine in the east uh, through the Central Eastern European countries and EU countries up to the UK in the northwest. And then we also have Israel within our region. And, and really what we do at Payoneer, we're a global payments company, and, and our real mantra is to enable our customers to get paid and pay out locally. Um, and our customers are typically small and medium-sized enterprises. Um, and some of the areas we might touch on today um, are really about some value-added services that we're introducing to help our customers grow, um, really as a result of the trends of the last few years. 
Nice. I think that's a really good um, yeah, segue into the first talking point, which is all about the trends um, and really what's happened in, in, say, the last five years in, in the e-commerce space. Um, so I think it'd be good to talk about you know, what we were seeing in terms of trends before the pandemic and you know, what were the biggest trends during the pandemic, um, what were some of the catalysts um, and the growth of e-commerce and kind of bring that all together and, and setting the scene for where we are today. Um, so James, would you like to, to kick off? Sure, sure. So uh, pre-pandemic, so just over two years ago, uh, I, I think it was under 18% of sales were made from online purchases. And this year, 2022, that number is expected to reach about 21%. So that's almost an 18% increase in e-commerce market share in just over two years. Uh, and the growth is expected to continue reaching almost 25% by 2025. And really what we saw with the pandemic is that it further accelerated long-standing trends of digitalization and globalization, uh, exporting goods and services ubiquitous. And it's never been so critical for businesses of all sizes and verticals and geographies to sell online in their region and the global market. Um, and, and perhaps another point worth making is that SMEs have a lower ban barrier to entering new markets and expanding internationally now that the world seems more connected um, and it's kind of created a, a more connected ecosystem. Yeah, that, that's interesting. I mean, I think another really interesting point, like I think about my parents and my parents actually started like a small e-commerce business during, during the pandemic as well. You know, like their first time ever stepping into the world of um, yeah, e-commerce and entrepreneurship. So I think it's definitely interesting while, you know, there's been an 18% increase in sales, but I think definitely the, the breadth of customers engaging in the space is something that's also um, grown. Um, Shanae, what, what are you seeing in terms of trends? What were some of the big catalysts during, during the pandemic? Where are we today? So I think the shift to e-commerce was happening long before the pandemic. We've been monitoring and, of course, serving this trend for, for years before that. Uh, the pandemic pandemic definitely accelerated the move from on offline to online. More lots of businesses and entrepreneurs understood that in order to continue and survive the pandemic, they will have to base their online uh, presence and open the stores and use all the services that we have online in order to uh, to continue to sell and not stop their business. Uh, so we saw during the pandemic a lot of small businesses like a pizza place in Nashville opening an online store, starting to send their uh, pizzas all over the world. Uh, uh, it was amazing to see. We have a lot of services like dropshipping, social media, that, that the, the, uh, the need for them became more and more uh, necessary. So I think even now after the pandemic, we don't see any stop in that. And I think it will continue, as uh, James said. Yeah, I mean, I think that's an interesting point. I mean, now that we're kind of, I guess, done with the pandemic, I, I don't want to jinx anything, mm -hmm. but I think it will be, you know, interesting to see to what extent do businesses go back to kind of the, the offline space? Will they operate a, a hybrid model? Um, James, what, what are your thoughts? What, what can we expect kind of going forward? And what in particular, you know, how does this, with the kind of view of with, uh, you know, the SMEs, so, you know, the pizza company in, in Nashville, what's likely, you know, how are they going to be operating going forward? Will they completely leave the e-commerce space or is that kind of here to stay? 
Um, I think it's very much here to stay. I mean, we've never seen so many entrepreneurs open a business um, as we have done in the last couple of years. And, and that's set to continue. Um, there's a huge motivation for these guys to have freedom with their own business. Um, and so companies like Payoneer, the, the mindset we try and get into is, is how do we support them at every stage of their journey? Um, so, yeah, we're, we're very... Um, um, committed to that and we expect uh, more digitalization and more globalization um, over subsequent years yeah and and Sinead, what were some of the challenges um like new customers new smes um faced when kind of going shifting into the e-commerce space during the pandemic what were some of the the barriers that um they had to overcome and how did you and also James? How did um, uh, Payoneer help kind of get them up to speed with now having a an e-commerce online presence? So I think the more uh, uh, small businesses that used to work offline and have a real presence needed to do the shift to the online world. There is a lot to learn how to to build an online store, uh, to market it, uh, SEO, social marketing uh, challenges, how to push your business forward. Uh, so this is a place where marketplace like Fiverr, of course, can serve those small, medium businesses, allow them to find all the services that they need in order to build and maintain and sustain their uh, their, their online presence. Uh, as James said, I think it's this trend of working online, which is much more uh, efficient for, for them, is something that is here to stay. Uh, together and alongside with, of course, uh, maintaining the offline business now that we are moving out of the pandemic, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. James, what 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 about, um, would you agree, any other challenges? Yeah, that, I, um, I don't think you're going to find too many uh, contrary views today. We've been uh, working with Fiverr for about 10 years now, so um, we're very aligned, I think, in, in a lot of our um views of the world um maybe a bit more specific to what we're seeing is there's a need for a variety of financial services that are globally available and accessible uh and and really that innovative partners so marketplaces like fiverr and, and platforms and tech and payment providers um kind of working in in tandem uh, can help succeed and reduce the complexity that cross-border commerce brings and um, I guess thinking about specifically, you know, cross-border um, commerce and thinking about how um, increasingly connected the world is, um, where are some of the hot spots um, in the world that we're seeing significant growth in, in e-commerce? I mean, I always consider like Southeast Asia as one of the hot spots of, of e-commerce. Um, is that correct? Are there any other kind of markets that um, grew significantly uh, in the past couple of years? We're almost like a, a B2B to C um, provider. Um, and we see in many ways that developed markets are catching up with the emerging world and not the other way around. So emerging markets and economies uh, grow at unprecedented rates. Um, so next to China as a leader, you have Vietnam, Korea, Japan and India that are all following their path. So so very much um, in, in the developing markets, um, we're seeing some acceleration. Yeah. And would you say most of these, is there still like in these developing markets, is it more, um, is it more kind of cross-border payments or is it, is it still kind of domestic or is it a, a mix between the two types? 
what, what we see the main need is about is uh, localizing. Um, so, so bringing uh, a global service local. Um, so repatriating income. That that's the kind of um, core of our business. Um, yep. How do we help someone maybe based in India that's serving a U.S. customer uh, repatriate that income in a, a timely and cost-effective way? Yeah, definitely. And I guess from from Fiverr's perspective, Shanae, um, where are some of the the hotspots you're seeing um, in terms of growth within your marketplace? So we basically uh, focus on the U.S. and other places like uh, Germany, Canada, and France. We're currently not focusing on on Southeast Asia, even though we understand it's a big market with a big potential. And uh, we're also looking at the U.K., Australia, and the Netherlands as a potential growth countries. Yeah, and I guess uh, do you find big differences? Differences between um, these markets. I know that you know a lot of the time we think of you know doing business in Europe, but a lot of the time there's you know nuances between Germany, Sweden, Portugal, Spain. Yes, of course. We we actually open a localization team in order to understand the needs of each local market and know to know how to address it, how to market in those markets, to find the right supply for those uh, in those specific markets for their demand. So we, it's true that Europe is Europe, but each market uh, we treat differently and we have specific teams to deal with that. Cool. Um, and I mean, I think if we stay on the topic of kind of like micro e-commerce merchants, um, why are we seeing more and more people opening up businesses and becoming entrepreneurs? Um, you know, I think we can talk for quite some time about the creative economy um, specifically. But I mean, why why now? Why are like my parents opening up an e-commerce website? Why is, is this such a big uh, thing at the moment? Um, Shanae, what's, what's your perspective? So I think the pandemic and moving to hybrid model and the flexibility in work and the people that wanted more balance between their life and the work is something that became more apparent in 2021. We're following the great resignation trend in the U.S. We understand that people want to be responsible for the time and responsible for the way they want to work. Uh, we did actually a survey that we conducted. We, we find out that 54 of HR professionals and our manager say that people are leaving their companies in order to, to start their own business and become freelancers, which is an amazing uh, number. Uh, more small businesses were founded in 2021 since ever. So we understand that this trend is really strong. And, and uh, Fiverr Business, actually, the unit that I'm leading is exactly here to serve that trend. <laughs> And allow uh, businesses to operate on online and for uh, and to find what they need on our platform. And do you think our is it becoming easier then to kind of incorporate as a, a small business? Are there kind of other factors there that are making it easy? Like I, I've seen a few, you know, a few of the fintechs and SME neo banks I've worked with that really kind of try to make the incorporation aspect easier. Um, is that something you're seeing too, to also fuel this kind of, yeah, 2021 being the year in which the most SMEs um, were incorporated and created? I think that marketplaces and, and platform that serves those uh people that do make that move and open a store or online stores is really allow them access to demand all over the world. Uh, it reduces all the barriers that they have to accept payment and distribute payments. 
and they give them all the infrastructure to grow their business. And once they, they grow it enough and they have their own brand and they're strong enough, they can actually, on top of what they're working on with Marketplace, can open their own brand. Uh, so I think marketplaces are the democratizing uh, the access to uh, uh, to those SMBs and to those people that wants to be on their own. Yeah. Okay. Um, James, any anything else you want to add, kind of to the to the why now question? Yeah, I very much agree with the point Shanae makes. Uh, we, yeah, definitely there, there's a desire for freedom and independence. We see that within our customer base. We also see that as an employer. I mean, the most progressive companies pre-pandemic were talking about flexibility uh, for working arrangements. Now the mindset is very much how you're going to make a, a colleague's life better. Um, and, and that's where we need to be focused to kind of retain the top talent um, because there are so many opportunities for people to work independently. And then if you look more broadly around financial services, I mean, the nice thing is that I mean, at Money 2020, it's been a few years since everyone's been together. And since then, there's been a lot more kind of collaboration and partnerships. So, for example, we work with a lot of banks. We work with um, um, tax advisors. We work with uh, marketing advisors. Uh, and combined with marketplaces like Fiverr, that that really gives a bit of a, uh, takes out some of the heavy lifting of going independent. Um, so I think there's some of the kind of trends we've observed and try and participate in. Yeah. And I guess what are some of the early challenges that SMBs or, or freelancers have when they kind of decide to either, you know, pursue this as a, a full-time career change or maybe, you know, something on the side for them? Um, what are the big kind of challenges we're seeing at the moment, um, James, from your perspective? I, I think really relating to the previous point that um if you can find um, friendly partners and experts, um, in the market, it's going to be a, a lot smoother transition uh, rather than have to figure it all out yourself. So if you think back um, just a few years ago, uh, going country by country would have been a heck of a lot heavy lifting, figuring out regulatory environments, figuring out um, banking relationships, figuring out a uh, network of potential customers and and I suppose through working with um, similar businesses to Payoneer and Fiverr, you can access that global economy almost instantly um, with fairly trusted experts around and a bit of a template um, that you can make your own. Definitely. And Shanae, I mean, the, the members of the Fiverr platform, what are some of the early challenges um, they're facing? And is there a big difference between the freelancer challengers and the SMB challengers? I think both, I mean, the technology here serve the, the matching between the demand and supply. So the SMBs and the freelancers are relying on the capabilities of the platform to do the right matching between the demand and the supply and bring the right customers to the right SMB. As uh, James mentioned, selling uh, globally is a big challenge for a business to do that on, on its own when he's joining the platform that's connected to a supplier like Pioneer. The world is open to him. He can sell to any, to buy and sell from any country uh, in the world without a problem. We take all the heavy lifting for them. We make sure the money goes in. We make sure that the order is completed, that everybody's satisfied. And then we just distribute the funds. It's something that the, the small business doesn't need to be worried about. And going forward, I think platform are already and will continue to, to get into the financial services to help those SMBs grow their business and yeah. have all the, the financial support that they would need in order to continue the business and grow it as they need. 
Yeah. And I think this is definitely where we can see, yeah, embedded finance playing a super important role um, in kind of, yeah, making the lives of freelancers, creatives and, and SMEs better. Um, and before we go to the break, I just want to talk about kind of um, the importance of the marketplace. Um, so, you know, how has a marketplace like Fiverr um, been a catalyst? Um, you know, and, and what are the trends within these marketplaces? Is there a focus more on physical goods or are we seeing marketplaces that are looking to serve like a very niche or specific um, kind of sector? Shanae, um, I'm going to hand that off to you as, as you're the marketplace expert. But I think it was very common to sell product on the uh, on those marketplaces and on platform. But we see, especially after the pandemic, lots of services that were consumed face to face are now being done over a platform and online, like courses, like yoga, like everything that is really used to be face to face. And this has opened up a door for all kind of services that can join in the, the online space. Uh, Fiverr is. You know, our specialty is digital services. So we provide a wide range of, uh, of digital services. And this is something that uh, the demand for it is, is endless, especially when with the trend of going online. Cool. Any, anything to add, James, on the, on the importance of the marketplace and, and how they've been a catalyst? I think there's some interesting proof points and data points in the market from the last couple of years now. Um, so OC and C strategy consultants have, have talked quite a bit around uh, the fact that online marketplaces are set to further undercut the offerings of historic retail names in years to come. Uh, Statista, uh, I think they had a recent B2B commerce report that's showing the rise of vertical and more specialised marketplaces for B2B buyers and sellers. Uh, and Modern Retail um, recently reported that customer-orientated retailers and brands have been increasingly investing in third-party marketplaces. Um, I think what we also see is, is part of the life cycles that most SMBs start their businesses in recent years on marketplaces and digital platforms. Um, and then they look at, um, at whether they're marketplace sellers, hosts, content creators. Um, they look at growing and, and building their brands and doing some stuff directly to consumers as well. So sometimes called D2C uh, and building a re relationship with them. So there's quite a lot going on there. But, um, you know, this isn't the start of the journey. We're, we're way on the journey now and seeing some really um, nice data points to validate the success. Nice. Super. Okay, so on that uh, very positive note, we are going to go to a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to touch upon technology in this space, customer experience, buy now, pay later, of course, and how SMEs are, are accessing um, capital and what some of the trends in that space look like. So we'll go to a quick break and then we'll be back with part two of this um, Breaking Banks Payments episode number 132, powered by Payoneer. Let's talk about the future of payments. Your Breaking Payments exclusive series is here, and we are ready to showcase how fintech has deconstructed the payments industry and is rebuilding it seamlessly as an embedded experience for the client. Stay tuned for new episodes every month on Breaking Banks Europe. And welcome back. Um, so I want to kick off part two by touching upon um, the technology aspect. Um, so what is the role of technology in marketplaces and more broadly in, in digital e-commerce? Um, what are some of the key um, 
trends when we think of technology and, and how has technology kind of made the lives of SMEs, um, creatives and, and freelancers easier when selling um, in the world of e-commerce? Um, Shanae, let's kick things off with you. Okay. Uh, so the marketplace is built on algorithm and the technology serves uh, as mentioned before, the, the matching between the demand and the supply. So we offer on the marketplace a lot of services and customers not always knowing exactly what they're looking for and how to define it. So our role is to, to define the right algorithm to find the right matching so the customer will get exactly what he needs. And so this is something that we invest a lot of it. Uh, we impl we're implementing a lot of AI in order to support that. Um, I think this is the main thing in, from technology perspective that we're yeah. serving right now. Okay. And, um, you know, I, a big trend I'm seeing is kind of using AI and technology to provide capital um, for SMEs. So whether that be through open banking technology or like personalized invoice advances, is Fiverr doing anything on, on the capital um, uh, lending side of things for uh, the members? So we're definitely looking at it. We uh, we investigated and researched a lot how SMEs have access to capital and what are the companies that out are there out there to offer our freelancers. And we know that the the old companies that rely on all models of credit line and giving credit to, to customers still rely on, on new all, old rules. And uh, for us as a platform that we have visibility on our freelancers, we know how their earning works and we have a lot of data. And we know that we can serve them better. So we are uh, looking at it and, and, and searching how we can service our best uh, community of sellers to allow them to be able to take cash advances yeah. for and pay them back with their future earnings. So it's something that we're building internally based on AI, learning their, uh, their earning trend and based on that, allowing them to take advances so they can enlarge their business, sell more, and then return the money back to us. So this is definitely something that we're looking at. Great. Yeah, I think that's a, a very critical tool. I mean, uh, definitely for the creator and, and the freelancer side of things. I think in previous research I've done, you know, one of the biggest pinpoints is, is being paid on time. Um, so anything to help alleviate that. Yeah, that pain point, I think, is very welcomed um, within the industry. And, and James, what about from your perspective? So from, from the payment side of things, how has technology provided any you know, innovation when we think about payments in the e-commerce space? So actually a very similar theme for us. I mean, we know that SMBs have a need for capital, so the same as consumers. And these marketplaces and ecosystems um, have enabled us to kind of be able to offer that as a, as a non-bank provider. Um, so businesses need access to capital to grow and invest. And it's much more than just refilling storage for big seasons. It's about reinvesting in their businesses and overcoming supply chain issues and investing in advertising and selling on more digital channels and to get new customers in new markets and retain them. So paying for your business expansion can be quite overwhelming and that requires ongoing cash flow. Therefore, they need capital and I think uh, as a result of, of these marketplaces and ecosystems and, and the technologies they employ, um, we feel in a, in a much um, stronger place to be able to support them um, in this growth. Super. And I think thinking, I guess, one step further and the whole kind of... Uh, 
yeah, the whole buy now, pay later space. I think, um, yeah, buy now, pay later has done a lot of things, I think, in this industry, one of which is really changing customer expectations um, on how they pay. So I know, for example, like Shopify offer, they have a partnership with a firm and they offer the, the SMEs on their platform um, the option to offer buy now, pay later to their customers. So we see it's not just something that, you know, the, the big brands are offering their customers. Um James, what what do you see kind of um, happening with the buy now, pay later um, space in terms of reaching um, the SME sector, freelancers? Do you think this is something we'll take off or just will be mostly confined to the bigger brands? Yeah, I mean, to your point, Megan, I mean, the hype around buy now, pay later services in the customer world has reached a fever pitch. And it's fairly clear why I'm buy now, pay later and other traditional non um, or non-traditional payment offerings make it easier for consumers to make larger purchases by splitting their payments into more affordable trunks and spread out over weeks or months. And that kind of flexibility isn't only suitable for cash-strapped customers. It's also incredibly enticing for small and medium businesses that might be struggling to manage their cash flow. And that's why we're hearing more and more rumblings about buy now, pay later and other flexible payment options in the B2B space also. Um, so SMB really need lenders to understand their business model and, and able to provide an offering based on modern digital needs. Uh, and next to access to capital, it's also about secure payment services in uncertain times, so particularly during pandemics and, and wars. And we see a more connected world and more corporations and companies uh, rarely competing, but more complementing each other now as a result. Janae, any any thoughts on on from the Fiverr perspective? Are you seeing a, a demand from your members for this, or again, is it still something that's kind of um, still with the the larger companies? So I think it's still with the larger company. We don't see much demand for that on our platform. We do see, of course, demand for the right payment method and the right currency, and people want to be able to pay with what they used to pay. But we don't we don't offer today buy now pay later. Um, I guess it has to do, of course, with the average, uh, uh, you know, selling uh, price of each uh, of our consumer. But also for the larger uh, amount of uh, transaction, we don't see much demand for that yet. So okay. Um, and I want to move on to kind of um, the the trust aspect. Um, what do SMEs need to have in place on their e-commerce website um, or the platform or in the marketplace to ensure there's a high level of trust when it comes to customers, you know, shopping online, um, you know, paying for a good or a service? W- what has to be there? And are there any kind of, you know, interesting trends or, or tactics we're seeing in this uh, space? Shanae, let's um, get the fiber perspective. So trust is something that we see. It's a very important selling point on our platform. The more the freelance or the SMB that sells online has to bring a lot of testimonials and reviews and rating and a very rich portfolio that indicates the level of, uh, of service that it provides. The more he has, you know, something to show, uh, their selling will be higher. The algorithm will push him higher. Uh, so we see that, you know, the rating and the and the trust factors play a significant role in their in their selling and in their success in the platform definitely 
So that that aspect of rating and, and validation is is critical and kind of you know ensuring that consumers know that this is a you know a trustworthy platform. Um, it incentivizes the, the the members on the platform as well. Um, James, any anything to add um, from the trust perspective when we think about kind of payments and marketplaces? Yeah, not really. Customers have very high expectations and they get more comfortable buying across borders. Um, but these high expectations continue and there's increasing focus on choice now. Um, so customers expect a simple, secure and frictionless experience. Um, and across all, all stages, so whether that's actually on the web store, the shipping or the payment, um, those expectations are applied. Okay. And when we think about, um, you know, how to make an e-commerce experience as frictionless as possible, um, I think a lot of the times we take this for granted. Um, I've had some nightmarish experiences recently um, on e-commerce websites. But Sinead, what would you say is like the most critical component um, to create a frictionless experience within um, a marketplace? I think it's very important for the customer, the buyer, uh, when you reach the payment page, know exactly what he wants to pay with. If you offer a payment method that he's not familiar with, or if the payment page is not feeling secured enough, the transaction will not happen. Uh, so it's very important to match the payment experience to the local market that you sell to, the, the, the country of the buyer. He needs to see his currency. He needs to understand exactly how much he's paying. Everything's supposed to be transparent. If there are any taxes involved, it's supposed to be uh transparent and clear what the, the, exact, the exact amount that you're receiving. And of course, when you're supposed to get you know, what you ordered. And so everything's supposed to be clear. So the more the payment page is clear for the, the buyer in terms of the payment currency, the payment option, the time for delivery, if there's any taxes involved, the transaction will go smoothly. Yep. Okay. So transparency is is definitely key then. Um, James, what, what about from your perspective? What, what's the key for creating the most frictionless um, payment experience? So, so we see consumers want choice in both how they pay and when, and they expect global commerce with local experience. Um, so it's vital to offer an excellent customer payment experience. And if you look at something coming back to buy now, pay later, this isn't new. It's been around many, many years, but it's been hugely boosted, um, boosted through um, uh, the digitization of commerce. And, and that spread through Europe and and US and, and now the world. Um, that's just one example. Yeah. Okay. Localization, local payment methods, um, being able to, you know, Order and, and pay in your local currency, as well as transparency, are the keys to providing that you know frictionless experience. Um, you know, increasing conversion rates, which is super critical for yeah freelancers, SMEs, and of course large corporates. It doesn't matter the size; you want to have that good experience. Um, so thinking about, um, you know, a multi-channel strategy, um, how should SMEs tackle kind of the, the omni-channel experience? Should they be focusing on mobile first, desktop first? And what are the key considerations when kind of starting off your um, business or um, kind of uh, what you're offering on a marketplace or an e-commerce website? Um, James, let's, let's kick it off with you, please. 
So what we're told by our customers is that a unified experience across all channels is key um, across multiple digital channels. Uh, but it also brings challenges in managing multiple payment setups um, that we try and solve. So this comes back to, I think, what I mentioned earlier about our mantra of um, uh, to pay and get paid globally. Um, so what customers like to do is consolidate all their funds across marketplaces and direct sales channels um, within our multi-currency accounts. Um, and merchants can manage their accounts and pay payable needs and gain access to working capital and use their funds to pay business expenses such as digital advertising. So bringing it all under one umbrella, um, we find is, is the biggest um, ask from our customers. Nice. Okay, that makes sense. And, and Shanae, from the, the fiber perspective, what's what's the I most think, important? I think it really depends on the product or the service that they are selling. In some categories, we see that they invest a lot in mobile because it's a quick sale and everything happens more quickly on mobile. And of course, you need to have mobile presence in order to, to win the game. But some categories, you have to be on web. You have to be on desktop in order to you know, define what are your, the requirements that you, that you need. And so it's a more web experience. So this, so of course, the presence is supposed to be more web than mobile. So it really depends on the, on the category and what exactly is being sold. Uh, obviously, both are very important. But as I said, it depends on the on the experience when you're buying. If it can be mobile, of course, mobile first. But if not, you have to have a very good uh, selling proposition on the web. Yeah, of course. Okay, um, so we've touched upon a lot: um, customer experience, technology, trends, um, the importance trust and i'd like to wrap up with talking about what the future holds and, and what we can expect in in five years time and in 10 years time when we think about um the creator economy freelancers smes um you know offering their services selling goods online the role of marketplaces um now that we're kind of moving out of the pandemic um what can we expect what's the one two things we should really keep in our mind when we think about um the future of payments um in in marketplaces and in e-commerce um Shanae, what what's your perspective so i think the world is is going through a change and this change is going to be even more deep. Uh, as we talked about hybrid model, people that want to work for themselves, a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of small new businesses that are being opened. There's going to be a lot of a need for uh, talent, uh, free talent. Uh, and, the, and the marketplaces that offer freelancer services will rise in order to serve this demand because companies will not be able to find talent as freely as they used to be. And a lot of people are going to work for their own. So there's going to be need to find talent through those platforms. E-commerce, of course, going to continue to rise, you know, selling online versus uh, selling offline. It's a whole new different game in terms of expenses and SMBs and companies want to operate on both uh, spaces. So I think that this um, trend of going online will just continue and the role of of talents serving through platforms is something that's going to rise even more. Great. That's, yeah, that's, it's going to be super exciting times, I think. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a freelancer. I've been freelancing for quite some time and it's amazing and it makes me really happy and excited to see that so many other people now have this, this opportunity. Um, James, any, anything to add? 
Uh, very much the same things. Um, so we believe and we hear that SMBs need to serve di different digital channels um, as well as marketplaces and platforms. So we see a little bit of interest at the moment around direct to consumer um, uh, market area, and that's grown quite significantly during the pandemic. Um, and it really comes back to we need to give anyone anywhere the tools to build and grow a digital business, whether that's the ability to pay and get paid or the capital to grow their business to realize its full potential. And then to take it to the next stage, we're trying to keep these kind of value added services coming and developing our products um, to offer SMBs um, even more simple ways to expand. So, for example, recently we announced Pioneer Checkout. Um, so a bit more of the same, um, but um, very much around trying to um, serve the customer as best as possible and, um, yeah, enable them to expand into the global market. Nice. So focusing on kind of that, um, yeah, expansion as the world becomes even more connected. Um, Shanae and James, thank you so much for joining us today. It was really awesome to talk about, yeah, all things marketplace, freelancers, creatives, SMEs, um, tips for success. Um, and I think it's, yeah, clear from everything we've talked about. It's, it's definitely taking off in a very exciting place to be. Um, so thank you so much, Shanae. Where can people find out more about yourself and about Fiverr? In our website, <laughs> www.fiverr.com. <laughs> okay, super. And James, Pioneer? Pioneer.com or via LinkedIn. Um, yep, happy to chat with anyone. Cool. Okay, again, thank you both so much. And thank you to our listeners um, for staying tuned into Breaking Banks uh, podcast, Breaking Payments episode 132, powered by Payoneer. Thanks for listening to Breaking Banks Europe, a Provoke Media podcast in cooperation with Fintech Stage. Don't forget to tweet us out, shout out, or post to the team at Breaking Banks EU on Twitter. If there's something or someone you'd like to hear on our cast, let us know. See you next week on Breaking Banks Europe.